Welcome to the Control Alt Azure podcast. I'm Yusuf. And I'm Tobias. Join us for a journey in the cloud. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Azure. This episode is sponsored by ScriptRunner, and ScriptRunner is a great solution to centrally manage PowerShell scripts and standardize and automate IT tasks via a graphical user interface. This is great for help desk and end users. Check that out on scriptrunner.com. My name is Tobias, and I'm back again with Yussi. What's up? Hey, Tobias. I'm usually quite good in, in managing my time, getting, getting stuff done, completing the tasks. That, that seemed to end up on my to-do list. But, but even then, I, I sometimes, perhaps a couple of times a year, I run into a situation that I, that I feel that I have too much stuff on, on my plate, like things from projects, things from work, family stuff, random things, that you sort of feel that, that you're not up to speed on everything. And this often often happens when, when there's been like a short holiday break. I just had the winter holiday, which we have here in the, in, in the Nordics, typically one week around uh, February. And you go back to work and then things sort of start to clog up on, on your daily calendar. So tonight, uh, when the kids are in bed, thankfully, the youngest one goes to bed around eight o'clock, I will embark on a heroic journey to clean up my task list. I've given myself four hours to, to get anything done that needs doing to, to pay all the invoices and bills, whatever I, I haven't had time to do in the past week. And so hopefully tomorrow morning, I will wake up at seven feeling fresh, but also knowing that I don't have any pending or overdue tasks. Perhaps in a, in a future episode, I will I will share how well or bad that went. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's brave. Uh, I was reflecting on that just as you said it now, and you know it, it triggers a lot of thoughts on my own on, on this topic, of course, because I think many people can relate to this. You get an email and you know that you should respond to it. It's not the most urgent email in your inbox. You mark it as unread, or you right click and say snooze. Uh, remind me again at the end of the week or uh, next week or tomorrow. I usually do that and said, say, remind me tomorrow. And then I get the same email tomorrow. And I do that maybe for three weeks. I get the same email, <laughs> you know, 15 days in a row. And perhaps that's not ideal. I do also have a, a pretty good workflow with most of my things, with personal task lists and stuff like that. But instead of embarking on, on this type of journey to really clean things up and, and get them done, I prioritized and I, I said, I will never do this. And this will never have priority. So either I need to delegate it to someone in the family or just realize this will not be done anytime soon. So then either I can mark it as delayed or just remove it so I don't have to see it. Because I, I think here, it's the same with my actual desk, my physical desk. I have my computer. I have almost nothing on it at all times. It's my cup, my keyboard, my mouse, and my computer and monitor. And that's it. So no papers, no no bottles, no loose things lying around and, and whatever, because a, a clean desk gives me and gets me into the Zen mode, so I can really focus on the things I need to do. Same same thing with my task list. You have a task list and you have two hundred things that are pending. You will never have a feeling of accomplishment. Um, anyway, that's my reflection on, on your 
update. Um, for me, I actually took most of these self-assessments in the Azure Architecture Center. And, and there's a lot of room and, you know, for, for ideas, and there's a lot of interesting ideas coming out of that. So I can definitely recommend doing that. Uh, and if you haven't done those, uh, I actually, I don't think they're in the Architecture Center anymore, but from the Architecture Center, you can get to them. Um, there's assessments for, you know, a bunch of different things. Uh, app and data modernization and readiness tool is something that you can use to, uh, you know, kind of figure out if your workloads uh, can be modernized and how ready you are for that. Um, but the ones that I spent more time on is the Azure Well-Architected Review, which as we talked about in the past, in a few episodes, we touched on something called the WAF or the Well-Architected Framework. And there's an assessment for that called Azure Well-Architected Review. And, and that's like for you to examine the workloads you have and uh, like through the lenses of reliability, cost management, um, operational excellence, security, and performance. It takes about one hour if you do this thoroughly and answer all the questions. Um, and it gives you pretty good insights in where you might want to spend more time. For example, in the security bucket, uh, it will ask you questions. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Uh, and it's pretty simple. It's just questions, right? And based on, on the answers, you will get a recommendation saying, well, you could achieve a better score here if you do those things. Um, and again, it's not a competition about getting a high score. It's about understanding kind of the gaps you have in your current situation or in your current setup. Um, so I, I can highly recommend you take a look at these. Um, they're called just Microsoft Assessments. They're available on docs.microsoft.com assessments. So it's pretty easy to find them. And, and there are a few different ones that I took. It's this one, Azure Well-Architected Review, which I do once every half year. Cloud Adoption Strategy uh, Evaluator, takes about 10 minutes or so. Cloud Journey Tracker, Developer Velocity, which I think we actually had an episode on, uh, on Developer Velocity. You have DevOps uh, Capability Assessment, Governance Benchmark to identify gaps in your organization's current state of governance. Um, strategic migration assessment and readiness tool, which is kind of uh, similar to what I mentioned in the beginning with app and data modernization readiness tool. So there's a bunch of different ones. Uh, I think there's eight assessments or so available in this center, and you can just go there and, and click the button and start out. If you want, you can sign in and save the progress. It's pretty good. Um, I can wholeheartedly recommend doing this. If you do work with Azure, which... I kind of assume uh, listening to this show, or at least I hope. Um, and if you're not, and you're looking to start with Azure, then even better, these things will, will be a great starting point to evaluate what you currently do and where you might want to improve. Um, so docs.microsoft.com slash assessments, a pretty good place um, to get started. Uh, and even if you're already in production and you believe you have full control of everything and, and understand your posture, go through one of those things and answer the questions. Hopefully you come out with a great score. If not, again, it's not a failure. It's just an opportunity to improve things. So I can highly recommend those. I will definitely put some time aside to, to focus more on the assessments. I tried doing the well-architected uh, framework assessment and I boldly selected all the five pillars. So it gives you a gazillion number of questions. The first one was something around how do you manage your change management process in the cloud? And I didn't really have one. So, so I just said, yeah, let's skip this one. I need to, need to go back to that one. 
So today, this is episode 126, the latest on WordPress on Azure. And, and WordPress has been available for ages, also in, in Azure, as a platform, as a service, or you can just spin up a virtual machine. So I run my blog on WordPress, but not hosted in Azure. It's, it's hosted with a local local WordPress provider. Uh, Toby, I, I, I know that you're not perhaps running WordPress yourself, but what's sort of your exposure and experience with WordPress these days? Yeah, I've used WordPress a lot. I, I also ran my own website on WordPress many years ago, and, and that was great. Uh, initially, I set up my own server and I ran it, perhaps not ideal. There was a lot of updates and patching and, and stuff going on. Later, I moved over to one of those big companies offering hosted WordPress. It was pretty cheap. I think I paid, I don't know, $12 a year for a fully hosted and managed WordPress deployment, which is pretty cheap if you put that into perspective, like $12. Maybe it was $20. doesn't really matter. It was super cheap. So, so I used it for several years. Today, I use something else. We don't use PHP or, or WordPress that much in, in our line of business, but our public websites and you know a, a few other blogs that we do operate are running WordPress. Uh, again, host managed hosting with one of the big providers that, that offer this as a service. Again, $20, $30 a year, maybe $100 a year for the premium plans, which is not a lot if you put that into comparison. So I don't use it a lot. It, it is just kind of there and, and it just kind of works. In Azure, we don't use WordPress at all, but I am very intrigued uh, about what this means. And if... I can move those workloads over. So we're talking about public website and blogs and, and things like that. So no heavy hitting websites, but it's still quite some requests coming in, quite some visitors. So it, it needs to be able to handle that. But at the same time, you need to have the trade-off with uh, the, the pricing. So obviously this is going to be the deciding factor when taking a look at that. As, as a side note, you said 10 years ago, you were running WordPress, but no, 10 years ago, we all self-hosted SharePoint and <laughs> we had the blog running on top of the on-premises SharePoint. That was fun times. At some point, I realized that there has to be an easier way for this. <laughs> so, so in case somebody in, uh, who's listening on this is not familiar with WordPress as of today, it's a content management system built on top of PHP, so scripting language, essentially. And you can self-host that. It's open source. So you can just download the bits and, and, and spin it up. You can host that on a, on a partner company offering hosting services. Or you can go to wordpress.com and just spin up a blog or website over there. But it's perhaps slightly more limited, especially on the, on the free tier. And Azure is or has been and is, still is one option for self-hosting. So you can spin up a virtual machine or perhaps tinker a bit to have WordPress running in a Docker container and then have that container running on top of app service or in a, in a, in a container instance, perhaps even a Kubernetes cluster. But the idea we had for doing this episode is that there's a recent update for WordPress on Azure and that update is from Microsoft. So when you go to Azure Marketplace, there's a WordPress by Microsoft. 
and that has some several interesting updates. So, so we took this for a spin to see what changed and, and is this a viable option now as opposed to self-hosting this or hosting this with a partner. So, so the first thing perhaps to note is that when you provision this, you get the updated WordPress version. So the, the announcement says it's the latest WordPress and the latest PHP. For me, when I spun this up yesterday, the, the version of WordPress was 5.8.2, and the latest is 5.9.1. So, so, so there's a slight gap since this service was packaged and since the latest 5.9 version of WordPress was released. Toby, um, did you have a chance to try this out as well? I, I did try it out. I did only try out the basics tier, I, I think. Let's talk about more about those different pricing tiers later or the, the hosting plans. Uh, I did try this out on the basic one. And one thing that struck my, my eye immediately was you can select Linux or Windows. Traditionally, at least with the hosting providers I used in the past, they ran mostly Linux because it was PHP and you know they have a, a good and long successful history together. Uh, so I took a look at that and I found that there is a support article about the uh, lifetime or end of life of Windows support for uh, WordPress and Azure. So I think this needs to be uh, iterated um, now that we found this and, and know about it, that when you create a new uh, WordPress on Azure, you will get the selection Linux, which is preview or Windows. And if you select Windows, it will have, uh, it will reach end of life in November, 28th, I think I remember, 2022. So this year in November, you will not be able to run uh, Windows-based WordPress on an app service anymore. So that's good to perhaps take into consideration. So if you're now exploring this, if you want to stand up a new WordPress server, maybe select Linux. Uh, if that is in preview when you tune into this, then maybe uh, there's a way to see what the roadmap looks like and, and know when that comes out of preview. Um, I just stood up a Linux environment and it works. But I mean, I selected the basic tier, so it's pretty slow. Hopefully that gets better if you if you change the tiers. But I think this is the, like the, the first lessons learned here when I took this for a spin. Know that from November 2022, you will have support for Linux only. And this is stated on GitHub in the official Azure repository. And I think that is also live on docs.microsoft.com. So we will put the link to this in the show notes. So if you are now you know, going to make a decision whether you want to plug WordPress on Azure or not, then just be aware of that. So you don't have to change the entire underlying OS later and, and figure out a migration path from one app service to the other and, and different hosting plans. So I, I do have some experience trying it out, but I mean, I used a basic tier, which I, I don't recall the, uh, the cost for, but it's not that much. But the performance also was not great. <laughs> it took quite some time to load the, the page, but it took even longer to load the admin UI. Um, and we're talking not 10 seconds, we're talking minutes, five minutes, maybe more than that. It took a long time to, to uh, really get to, to these areas. So I, I have limited experience with it, but I did try everything out. What about you? So, so for me, I went with the, uh, with the Windows selection. I, I hadn't seen this announcement on PHP support on, on app service um, to be Linux only. 
And, and when I was doing the selection, I, I started thinking, how will it affect me in the future if it's Linux or Windows? Because I'm, I'm mainly utilizing WordPress as a sort of an application or a service. So I don't really care if there's Linux or Windows behind. But obviously, if you want to tinker with any of the files, the, the file paths, the, some of the file formats might be different. So that makes sense to pay attention here and go with Linux from now on. For me, uh, I, I did notice there's a couple of additional capabilities. So it's been a couple of years since I last provisioned WordPress on top of Azure. And the difference now is that obviously you're deploying uh, a bunch of script files on top of an app service. So you need the app service, you need the app service plan, and then you need a database. And now with this latest update, all of these will be managed and provisioned for you. All you have to do is, is uh, put in the admin account and admin password, hit deploy, everything else will be automatically configured for you to get it up and running. And if you've deployed WordPress manually, you know there's plenty of stuff you need to do, like create user accounts in the database and, and get connection strings and add the hashes and the salts and everything else in there. This is automated now. But what's been added on top of the regular WordPress installation, there's two plugins. The, the first one is for caching, W3TC plugin, and the other one is for image compression. That's the Smush plugin that's fairly popular with WordPress, so that it optimizes the, the images that, that you're uploading to the service. But, but beyond this, um, perhaps let's talk a bit about pricing and and performance, if you will, and then circle back to the database. Did you have a chance to look at any any of the price components? You mentioned you went with the, with the basic, right? I did go with the, the basic one. I, I did not look at the cost at that point because I know I, I so I have this, which we might talk about in a separate episode. I, I have this uh, Azure policy in place that will alert me for demo resources. So whenever I create demo resources, I also, uh, put a tag on them for when they need to be deleted. Um, and usually it's not a fixed timestamp. It's within five days, within or seven days, within 14 days or 30 days or whatever. So I know this will be automatically deleted by my logic that I have in Azure. So I didn't actually look at the pricing because this will be deleted uh, at the end of the week. I I chose the the basic plan. What I do know is the performance here, I think the basic plan is a B1 which means one core, 1.75 gigs of RAM, 10 gigs of storage for the actual web app. And then, then of course, you also get a, a database, with it, which is a MySQL flexible server. Uh, let's talk about that later. The web app will be a B1 on the basic, and it is super slow. Um, you know, Let me be brutally honest here. It's You do this maybe for minimum research, maybe to understand if whatever logic or component or widget you want to try out works or you know, do a proof of concept or something. You do not want to use that if you have any traffic at all. Uh, you do not want to use that if you have an expectation of you know, load times anytime this year, really. It takes such a long time to load it. And I cannot stress that enough. If you have an expectation of a quick WordPress deployment, just like you get with the, the managed hosting providers that offer WordPress since 15 years, if you want something like that, you have to move beyond the basic and development tiers, and you have to start looking at standard and premium minimum. 
I have not looked at the pricing tags for those, but maybe you have. I, I did have a look on those mainly to figure out if I can afford to, to, to run this instance for testing. So the basic one that you went with, that's the app service plan. That's the cost that you're essentially looking at. That's 49 euro a month. So, so that's what, $55 roughly a month. And, and keep in mind that the app service plan, once it's provisioned, it will incur cost continuously as long as, as the app service plan exists. So even if you stop the website, the cost will still continue incurring. So basic is 49 euro, standard is 65 per month, and premium is 131 euro per month. So I, I wouldn't perhaps call this affordable in the sense, because often with WordPress, you associate a cheap hosting plan, like 10 euro a month, or, or as you said, 20 euro a year, and it just works. But now we're essentially deploying the classic Azure services. So we know that the app service plan, the cost is already there. But then on top of this, let's talk a bit about the, the, the database. It will deploy Azure database for MySQL flexible server. So, so there's a single server or a flexible server option. But for this, you only get the flexible server. And that allows you to scale a bit between burstable, general purpose, or memory optimized. So it's a bit like with Azure SQL. You provision one database, you get the Azure SQL server, and then you can scale it up and down per database. The same applies here. And the cost is relatively cheap. It starts from 6.5 euro a month for the smallest burstable uh, database. And you can scale this, that, that, that freely. And, and for the performance, you said that the basic was really, really slow. So what I did, I was on Windows. And traditionally, I know that PHP is problematic on Windows, especially on IIS. So I went with basic regardless. And I tried loading the, the WP admin, the, the admin interface. I, I got to the authentication prompt, I logged in, it started loading. I, I think I gave up after four minutes or so. <laughs> it, it just kept loading, loading, loading. I wasn't sure if the HTTP verb was lost or <laughs> if it was still doing something. So I quickly scaled my app service plan from basic to standard. So essentially adding about 50% of cost to 65 euro a month. It was snappier, but it was also evident that the, the caching plugin, it applied to the front end. But when you log in as an admin, it, it cannot cache anymore, or that's how it feels. So everything was loaded from the database. So I then went to the MySQL database to scale that up as well. I, I think I went with burstable, but something high tier. And then it was fairly usable, but at the same time, the app service plan plus the database was over, uh, 100 euro a month just loading the snappy pages with, with minimal content. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, I, I hope this gets better um, in, in terms of the performance because, you know, quite honestly, if anyone does just a, a default performance test on this and measure it side by side with any other hosting provider, it's, it's not going to look too great. And of course, on the standard and premium tiers, it's a lot snappier, uh, just like you said. But you know the, the price also reflects that quite a quite a lot. Um, what I want to touch on is also like the configuration, maintenance, and setup 
which, you know, if you're looking to stand this up, it's super duper easy. It is literally one, two, three, you're done. So you just, you get the wizard in, in the portal, you say, create this. Uh, you get a few questions. You get a question for the admin email and the admin account name and the admin password. And that's pretty much it. And the, of course, the name of your web app. And it will then stand up uh, a couple of things. And the resources that I got deployed is the app service itself, an app service plan, uh, and then the Azure database for MySQL flexible server. Um, and of course here, depending on the tier you select, then this will look slightly different. Um, so you can scale it up and down. Uh, what I like to add to that is, you know, when I managed my WordPress back in the day, there was a lot of configuration in PHP. Uh, sometimes I needed to, for example, change the WordPress memory limit, WordPress max memory limit, a PHP memory limit, file uploads, um, you know, on or off, if you want to enable that or not, uh, upload max file size, you know, all these kind of settings that exist in PHP and or WordPress. So some settings were something that I had to configure in my PHP environment and some settings were things I had to configure on my WordPress. What I like about this is on the app service itself, you, you also get app settings. And these app settings represent the settings for WordPress and or PHP. So you can, you can set these things. WP underscore memory underscore limit, the, the WordPress memory limit. You can set that. Uh, default value, I think, is 128. The max value is 512 megabyte. Um, and this means, you, you know, the, the front end or the, like the general WordPress PHP memory can be set. Um, and it cannot be more than the limit, which is then something you can specify in a different variable. So this is, uh, this is good news in the sense that if you're keen on and, and experienced with managing things in Azure, this is super easy to manage. So if you recognize what I'm talking about when I mention these things, yeah, then, then you also know that configuring those on WordPress, at least in the past, let it be known again, it's many years since I did manage WordPress, but back then it was not too easy uh, to configure these values. Now you just go to the app settings on your web app and you change them and that's it. You're done. So that might also be worth taking a look at if you're now, you know, operating something you want to migrate it to Azure, or if you want to take a look, if you can migrate to Azure, you might even stand up a dev environment or, or a basic or standard tier, migrate your workload over from your on-prem WordPress, but not go live or go live with a protected uh, environment that you lock down through the firewall and, you know, on a, on a different domain name, you know, whatever you want, just to test the logic. Because often, as I know by experience of operating WordPress websites today, but also when I stood them up in the past, you have a lot of widgets, you have a lot of customizations, you have a lot of settings. Now, if you want to move to Azure, you want to make sure that everything keeps working. And one thing that I know, and the reason I'm mentioning this is with the hosting provider that we're using today, some of these custom settings, you have to email the hosting provider and request them to change something on the back end and saying, hey, we need this uh, chmod permission change on whatever file on, the, you know, on, on our files in the system or whatever, because maybe we have FTP disabled or maybe they don't offer FTP for specific folders or specific services. And then you have to kind of file a request. Now, the question is when you then migrate to Azure, with this existing website, you need to understand and, and know that everything keeps working. I don't have a good solution for that today if we were to move over. So obviously the, there would have to be some time spent on research 
And I think this is a good way, stand up a new WordPress on Azure, migrate your existing site as is, protect it, don't enable public access if you can do that and, and or put it on a, on a different domain name and just see what works and what doesn't work. And then, you know, maybe figure out a way forward from there. Because like with everything, the road to migrating stuff from one cloud to the other or from on-prem to the cloud, you know, in theory, it sounds easy enough. You run an assessment, you run a migration tool, you will get some, uh, you know, opportunities to improve or change things before you migrate and then you hit the button. In reality, it looks quite different. So maybe some things to keep in mind, but WordPress settings on the Azure apps service app settings uh, can be configured as well. So it might be good to know about. Interesting points. And I'm, I'm thinking here that we can also approach this whole setup from the perspective of, of governance and management, instead of having like a one separate hosting platform for a bunch of WordPress sites. With this capability, you can now bring everything to Azure, use Azure policies, use your governance approaches, and use cost management to keep everything together. And, and obviously, you get a lot of capabilities as well. When you provision the app service with WordPress now, you get all the app service capabilities as well. And I, I was looking that can I then configure the app service to be part of uh, VNet, for example, to exclude public traffic or force tunneling of the traffic to an Azure firewall or a web application firewall. And all of those capabilities are now there. So in that sense, there's, there's a lot of good things here. But the performance, especially on the basic, leaves a lot to be desired for. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so, so, so beyond this, I'd say it's super simple to deploy and to manage and to operate because it's based on app service. So there's, there's nothing new in the sense. It's, it's a predefined template with ready-made configuration and, and you just deploy and you're ready to go. Obviously adding your own configuration on top of that. Alrighty, I, I think we've exhausted this capability because it's it's quite simple, but the new updates make it easier to deploy. The, the last thing we have is the unexpected question. So Toby, let me ask you this week, what is the perfect breakfast? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, so I have three different scenarios here, I think. One is, is it a workday breakfast? Number two is, is it a weekend? Number three is, is it more of a brunch kind of breakfast? Okay, so, and the fourth is, are you, are you staying somewhere? Are you in a hotel or abroad? And so obviously the answer will differ depending on, on the situation based on, on that. And my immediate answer would be like my everyday breakfast that I have is, in Sweden we call it Kvai, and I think the English word is either cottage cheese or curd. So I have that together with some granola or, or muesli and a lot of fruits. So that's pretty much for my breakfast with a, a cup of good tea because I, I stopped drinking caffeinated coffee. Um, so I now went over to some good Earl Grey, Russian Earl Grey or uh, English breakfast. Uh, three very good types of tea that I like. So to me, that's a perfect breakfast for an everyday workday because it does not take a lot of time to prepare. It does not take a lot of time to do. And 
we have two kids to take care of and, you know, to prepare for kindergarten and everything else as well. So we do have quite a lot of uh, routines we need to manage. So the, uh, the idea of everyday long breakfast where you enjoy reading the paper and sitting down, having your cup of tea or coffee and just relaxing, that's, it does not exist when you have two kids at home, especially in the, in the ages that I have. So that would be my immediate go-to answer. Then, of course, if we talk more about a brunch, then we don't have enough minutes in this episode for me to answer that <laughs> because I, uh, we make some really good brunches and, and we have a lot of stuff. It takes hours and hours to prepare a brunch when we do that. So let's skip that. On the weekend, I do like to have like a toast, avocado toast or something like this and, you know, possibly some smoothies. And yeah, when you have a little bit more time, maybe I will bake some bread as well, maybe some small buns. And, and then, you know, fresh out of the oven, you get them, you, you smear some butter on top of them and, and some cheese and marmalade and just enjoy life. And then 10 seconds later, just as you're going to take the first bite, you have a, a one and a half year old screaming in one ear and a four year old throwing a tantrum. And then you put down the, put down the bread again. And then you realize, well, it would, would have been nice to eat that bread, but it's probably going to happen two hours from now. And then it's going to be cold and hard. And, but that's reality, right? Uh, I'm, I'm super positive about those things because that's life. And uh, yeah, that's what, a, that's what a breakfast looked like uh, over here. Sounds, sounds really good. And I can comfort you with the fact that once the kids are a little bit older, my oldest one turns 14 now, my middle one is 12, the, the youngest one is four. But we've sort of found the balance, especially on a Saturday morning, that you can fix a massive breakfast. And you can just spend like two hours eating that and everybody's happy. Not that the kids will stay there for two hours, but they'll go and do their own thing before you get started with them, the activities of the day. All righty. Thank you again for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as well. All right. See you then. Thank you for tuning in to the Control Alt Azure podcast. Find out more and read the show notes on controlaltazure.com. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm.